We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome into the NBA Front Office Show. It's Friday, and you know what that means. Front Office Friday! Let's go. That's right. It's Friday. We've got the weekend coming. We're going to kick things off talking some NBA basketball. I'm Trevor Lane. You can find me over on X at Trevor underscore Lane. Joined by Keith Smith at Keith Smith NBA. Thanks, everybody, for coming in. Those of you joining live over here on the YouTube channel, we're going to be taking your questions and comments. If you haven't done so yet, hit the subscribe button on the NBA front office YouTube channel. Keith, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. It's uh Friday. It's been a good week. It's an in-season tournament day. So I'm kind mm-hmm. of fired up. I like the in-season tournament. I, I I'm really enjoying it. So I'm excited. So I'm uh, fired up for that. We've uh, did, there's a bunch of, uh, well, what do they call them? Early season tournaments and college basketball as well mm-hmm. that are happening. So there's basketball on pretty much all day from like noon straight through. Uh, so I've been watching some college games and the like, which is not something I spend a lot of time doing during the year. So fired up for that too. It's it's just a great time. Let's start with that in-season tournament because you mentioned it, the in-season tournament, you've been liking it. Uh, the NBA caught a lot of flack for doing this. People said it was too much like the European soccer model, said it was not going to work. I'm not going to watch it. I'm not going to care about it. That was what I heard. And you know what? I myself was skeptical that it was going to work. However, I don't think I anticipated the players being as motivated as they are by the $500,000 prize money. Uh, And they are, we're seeing some really good basketball. In fact, I feel like there is, when you have, at least this is my perspective through the Lakers anyway, when I see a tournament game and then the next game occurs, it feels like there's a little bit of a let that like the gate, the quality of the game seems to drop. And, and you get, I find myself a little disappointed that it's not a, a tournament game. So in that sense, I think so far the tournament has been a maybe surprising win for the NBA. Yeah, at the very least, the in-season tournament was going to be treated like regular season games in November. Yep. And all right, we all know those are treated with some level of, I don't want to say disinterest because that's not fair to those involved, but just not as important as games later in the year. But they are very, um, like, they, 
they ended up getting a an increased level of importance on it. And now that's, you know, been good. Anything that can juice November basketball is a win in my book. And I think the NBA's done really well with this. And there are tweaks I think they need to make. And I think they will um uh do that down the line. I think there are little things they could do to make this just a little bit better of an experience. And I think mm-hmm. they'll do that in the coming years because we know much like with the uh play in tournament and all that. They like to. <laughs> Sorry, I just saw the <laughs> the, the imposter pop in. Um, <laughs> I like uh, I, I, it's you know they're, they're going to get there. So no, it's 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 going to be fun, right? They they tweak things, they'll adjust it, but it, it's already been good, and I'm excited for tonight. Yeah, yeah, I am as well. We're gonna. Oh, I think it's eleven tournament games that are on the schedule for tonight. So, yeah, that, that's exciting to see. Um, I even have been as as offended as I was by the floors. Um, I found that as the game goes on, I get more and more used to seeing that court. And I do think that's, you mentioned tweaks. I still think that's something they, they can yeah. and will tweak. You can tone down the floors a little bit while still making it feel more like a big event, make it something that people flipping through channels will stop and, and see and, and notice that something different is happening. Um, so maybe that's a tweak that we see. But overall, I think this has been, it's been more fun and more exciting than I necessarily anticipated for example the beginning of the tournament i didn't talk at all about where any team was in the standings in the tournament mm-hmm. or, or necessarily care and now i'm kind of keeping an eye on it like sure. huh, all right here's who, here's where everybody's at so it's um i think it's something that is steadily gaining a little bit more acceptance and hopefully the goal for the nba by the time we have the finals which is i mean not that far away coming up december 9th uh, by the time we have that uh, and more people will have accepted it. And then next year we actually have people looking forward to the NBA in season tournament. Yeah. I think on the floors, they'll definitely make some, some tweaks there. I think they've learned some of it was just, it's just too much, uh, especially like the bright red floors and in the like, and we've seen others, uh, some of the broadcast partners have said, Hey, this is not a good color for television and those kind mm-hmm. of things. So that's going to happen. I, I think the, um, the, uh, other tweaks it could be to the schedule, maybe trying to put these on a night where if you're playing an in-season tournament night, you're they've already done it, so you're not coming. It's never the second night of a back-to-back, mm-hmm. but maybe trying to make it so it's not the first night as well. Yeah, we'll see. That's getting more and more limited because the other part of the challenge is this comes at a time of year where they try to really. Uh, limit back-to-backs in the first few weeks of the season and in addition you end up in a spot where it is um you take election day off and the nba also takes thanksgiving day off so you're removing two full days from the schedule there where you don't schedule any games so that's a little bit of a challenge so we'll see you know how that comes together the election day thing i'm not sold that's gonna stay a thing um that grew Mm -hmm. out of using uh buildings as polling places and maybe that'll be a thing in years where there's a presidential election and in the off years maybe they won't do that i don't know we'll see uh because i know a lot of the buildings were not used as polling places in these uh midterm elections so we'll see what that looks like uh down the line but but i'm i'm with you you know overall you know i think this has been you know a good win for the nba people seem to be excited about it and it's really fun now we're getting into is we're getting second and third games being played for some teams. It's yeah. like 
must win territory if they want to win the group or if they want to be in range for one of those two wild card spots to get into the knockout rounds, which is also kind of fun. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's that I think is going to add to some of the excitement as well. And then, of course, the games, you know, the uh, I believe it's just the semifinal and the final wind up in Las Vegas, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. So um, so that's going to be cool too, seeing the venue change. And then do you get in? rather than like a real home court advantage for a certain team, do you get in a real mix of fans in the building? I think that's yeah. going to be going to be interesting. Kind of um, obviously way smaller scale, but kind of a Super Bowl effect, yes. right? Yeah. You, know what, you know what I'm saying? Where it's not necessarily just fans of one team that are in the building. I think that will create an in- interesting atmosphere as well. Yeah, definitely. And, and if you know, some underdog makes a run, it'll almost have that like NCAA tournament feel, right? Where then all of the neutral fans tend to, lean towards the underdog and yeah. they'll be really fired up for them as well a couple people have asked me this on social media i've been asked this on radio hits one of the things is um people are like what happens when we get into that portion the group stage is over and we're into the knockout rounds what happens to the other right eight teams make it to the initial part of the knockout round what happens to the other 22 teams there are days if you look there's like a hole in the schedule and it's i keep Mm -hmm. saying they're like missing games yeah what happens is you get scheduled games against teams from the other groups so they're they're just regular season games that you would have been scheduled for and play anyway those will be scheduled uh, in those periods of time we just don't know yet uh who's gonna have them and who they'll be against and and whatnot so that'll get done um uh you know here as these this group stage wraps up so it's 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 a little tough because it can make it a little hard for people trying to plan and know, all right, I'm going to this game against this team mm-hmm. at this time and date, but it's it's all part of it. And again, that could be something maybe they tweak and figure out down the line. Also, just so people, as a final reminder on this one, the only teams that will play an extra game are the teams who make it all the way to the final. Um, they will play one extra game. And at that point, they're complete, they're competing for 500 K per person. And nobody's going to be too upset about playing one extra game of the shot at 500 K. And I forget what the loser share is. I was is, just going to ask. It's, it's, de- it's, it's money. You know, decently sized as well. So, yeah. so they will be, you know, they will be fairly happy because it's, it's for a lot of these guys more than a standard game check uh, would be. So they're, they're, they're going to be okay to play that one extra game. So I've got the the fake me says I got a fresh cut a couple of weeks ago. I don't know why I'm wearing a hat already. Got to show off the hair. I was was just not feeling doing anything to my hair today. I said, you know what? I'm going to throw on a hat. I don't have anything else I plan on recording throughout the day. Maybe I'll do a game preview later for Lakers. Said I'm just going to throw on a hat and call it good. Had to run some errands today. And besides, I like this hat. So I said I'm going to I'm going to wear my hat today. So there, there you go. But then, then as much as it pains me, I actually kind of like that hat too. I think it's sharp. So thank you. Thank you. It looks better if it was in green and a completely different team. But (laughs) I don't wear, I don't wear green. Come on. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, I don't own anything purple. So that's not true. I do own an Orlando. You have a purple hat. hat. Yeah, it's an Orlando City hat. Yeah, purple and yellow actually. So I'm just gonna, you know what? When I see you in a few weeks, I'm just gonna, I'll just uh, (laughs) on the sly, I'm gonna put a Lakers Nation sticker over there. We go. (laughs) Yeah, you put it right over top. (laughs) Um, Gil said, "Will a real Trevor Lane please stand up?" I'm the real Slim Shady. Please stand up. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Look at that, right on the same page. There we go. Segways on a Friday. <laughs> okay, so what what are you thinking about this whole Russell Westbrook thing? So Russell Westbrook volu- volunteering to come <laughs> off the bench for the Clippers in order to make the starting lineup 
flow a bit better. So that means the starting lineup will now be Avica Zubats, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, James Harden, and Terrence Mann. That'll put James Harden in essentially the point guard role with that group rather than having to work together with, with Russell Westbrook. Um, this comment says the Clippers are doing their best to control the narrative while throwing shade on how the Lakers benched Russ. It's laughable. Um, what do you, what do you think? Where where do you think the truth lies in this? And, and maybe it doesn't matter. Do you think this was really Russell Westbrook's idea, or do you think the Clippers went to him and said, "Hey, look, this is your chance to look real good too. Not only we have to do this, but we're going to say it was your idea, and, and you're going to come out looking good here." Yeah, I, I certainly don't think there was anything intended towards throwing shade on the Lakers. I that's that's not a part of this, but I do think I, I think it probably was him. Ty Lue made it pretty clear, in his opinion, either Russ would start or Russ would not be on the team. I don't think Ty Lue felt comfortable putting him on the bench. So I think what happens in this situation is I think um, Russ coming to them, that kind of that takes it away from Ty Lue, right? Then he doesn't have to be the one who puts Russ on the bench and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think it's for Russ's, I think, Last year's experience coming off the bench, which was the right thing for the Lakers to do a a year ago. I think he's realized, hey, there's no shame in that. Like he's done it now. It doesn't mean you're not still a Hall of Fame player and all that. Chris Paul's coming off the bench. We saw Carmelo Anthony. Now it took him a couple years to accept that role, but then he came off the bench and really excelled in that role. So I think you're starting to see these Hall of Fame guys say, you know what? I can do this. This doesn't tarnish the things I accomplished earlier in my career. As long as I can adjust to it and be productive, Uh lesser player, I still think he's probably going to make the hall of fame too. But like Al Horford's coming off the bench this year for the Celtics mm-hmm. as well. So I think we're just in a spot where we're going to see more guys. If it is, Hey, this is how I can extend my career a couple more years and play a productive role on a good team we'll see if that's where the clippers end up this is a smart move to kind of take this step back the guys who who need to care or who should care about starting or not starting right like and it's a big deal to a lot of players Mm -hmm. but these are the guys who haven't made their money yet that it's really gonna gonna matter to or at least they're still in their prime earning years for guys like russell westbrook guys like james harden these veteran players that are at the and not not at the end, but at the tail end of their of their careers, these are the guys where starting or not starting matters way less than winning or not winning, right? Like winning or losing. So winning is what is what matters the most for these guys now because he's made his money. He's not going to make. It's not like he's going to have a great year this year and somebody's going to give him a four year, eighty million dollar yeah. contract next year. That's those days are, are gone. So. Your next contract doesn't matter so much. You've made your money. Now it's just about winning and doing whatever it takes to win. And I'll tell you this. I, I've seen a lot of the, and I don't know if maybe the Clippers said something that I just didn't see or something like that. A lot of the, well, they're throwing shade at the Lakers or, or whatever because the Lakers bench Russ, and now here it's Russ's idea. I I hope it's all true. I hope that it's in terms of him going to the Clippers because there's this, there's two conflicting perceptions of Russell Westbrook. There's Russell Westbrook, the player who is not malleable at all, who you have to play his style and his style doesn't mesh with anybody else. And it's really tough to figure out how to put a team around him that really works. It's You have to be very particular and very specific 
about how you build a team around Russell Westbrook. And then there's Russell Westbrook, the person who, to a man, everybody that we've ever talked to says is this incredible teammate, is all is uplifting, is willing to do whatever to help his teammates win, and all of these things. He also can be pretty pretty prickly in press conferences. Sure. So it's like there's all these different versions of Russell Westbrook. And so I hope this is all accurate, that Russ said, you know what? I recognize what's best for the team. And he went and he initiated all of this and said, I'm going to come off the bench and everything, because that falls more in line with this good guy, Russell Westbrook, this guy that's this incredible teammate. And that's what I hope is the truth that shines through in, in all of this. Yeah, I, I'm going to believe the reporting. You know, Chris Haynes is generally pretty close yeah. uh, with the organization and with with Russ as far as media members that Russ has, has allowed in. He has not allowed a lot in. And to be fair, that goes all the way back to when he was in his early years with Oklahoma City. Uh, that, that team was as insulated uh, with one of the smallest media markets. And they pretty much were, hey, we're going to talk to our five, six uh, mm. local guys. And that's going to be be kind of it. And then we'll go go from there. So ooh, we just got a yeah. we just got a little a mini Woj, a Woj grenade, perhaps. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, the Suns, Sun star Bradley Beal is expected to miss several more games with his sore lower back. So we we didn't even get one game, did we? Because nope. he got ruled out right before the Correct. game that was supposed to have all three. The, the Suns have not had all three of their big three together at all yet this season. Yep. Yeah, I I I said early in the year it was going to be uh um 50 games was my over under that they would all play together and that felt potentially even a little bit high and here we are now uh I'll say it's probably going to be closer to 40. Yeah. You know, at best if if we even get that many. It might be 30. So yeah. uh now the Suns official update says uh he'll be reevaluated in three weeks. Whoa. Uh, from the Suns. So that's uh that's yeah, the, the, the from the Suns account. From the Suns, yep, from the Suns official Twitter, yep. Or wow. X or whatever that we're calling it. Yeah. Yep. yep. Yeah, yes, there it is. Three more weeks. So that's another 10-ish games, at least in that three weeks. So this is the problem with you put these teams together, but all three players have injury histories Devin Booker's probably get the cleanest one it's that's the tough part right it looks great and sounds great on paper but who knows when we'll see it if we'll see it and how much we'll see it uh when we do and that's that's the problem is you know the, these are you're you're relying on three let's call it 40 50 million dollar mm -hmm. players to stay healthy and be you know in in your lineup every single night yeah that's just not going to be a thing Keith, I don't have this. Is it reevaluated in three weeks? I don't have it up. Correct. Yep. Yep. Okay. It says uh, we'll be out and reevaluated in three weeks. So, three weeks from today, because I'm looking at the schedule and I just counted through, that's 12 games for the okay. Phoenix Suns. Three weeks from today is Friday, December 15th. Unless I miscounted there. Or is that right? Uh, that should be like four weeks. Right? Yeah, that should be four. Should okay. Be four. Oh, I skipped, a, I skipped a Friday. Okay. So, really, we're looking at, yeah, we're closer to that. 10 game range man yeah. that's still that that's a lot and then once you get into that range too as you know what we like to say that's reevaluated, and yeah. that turns into a uh uh thing about um you know did that then kind of turns into a spot where it is um how do i put this it might be closer to christmas before you actually see him, because it's going to take yeah. him a little bit of ramp up time uh, to get back in there, assuming he's cleared right at the three week mark. 
Keith, I, I see what happened. I'm looking at the game schedule. I'm just the list of scheduled games for the Suns. The the just what we were talking about earlier that <laughs> there's a hole the in the schedule, yep. <laughs> the hole in the schedule. So I skipped over that. Yep. So we don't know. We can't say for sure because that's when these tournament games would get filled in. I think it's December eighth would be um, would be three weeks to the day, yeah. and those tournament games that have to be filled in are the ones yet. that are that are missing. So yep. we can't say for sure how many games it's going to be, but um, but that's a long time. That's a long time to be without Bradley Beal. And then, it, like you said, who knows? It's a back. He gets reevaluated. It could be, I mean, it could be, like you said, closer to Christmas. Um, that's yeah, tough. That's I, tough. Back injuries did something as I became attuned to very early on in my NBA fandom as Larry Bird is my favorite player ever. And it was for the last portion of his career was every single game was a, is he going to play or not with the back? And is he going to be out for two weeks or is this going to be a one day thing? And a lot of those one day things turned into two week uh, type injuries. Cause that's what happens with back injuries. So that, that is a, you know, su super messy. Uh, Mike Wolf says bones Highland said, Chris Haynes was lying about him being out of the rotation. Mm -hmm. Haynes is not always right. No reporter is always right. Haynes was yeah. absolutely right about this. Bones Highland isn't in the rotation anymore. It was out of the rotation before the Harden trade was made. Uh, they cut down their rotation uh, right before that. Uh, Highland saw his minutes cut. And then when they brought Harden in, they said, we're not going to play him in the rotation because they're too small. So he is out of the rotation. So I'm not sure what point was trying to be made there. Sometimes there's there's different perspectives on things too, depending on who a reporter is hearing from. Yep. And that can, that can create some miscommunications. But like, think back to even... I want to say, and I, I could be wrong, but I want to say it was Ian Rappaport and and J.K. Dobbins, where last year in the NFL, where where the report was that he was going to be out, and he's saying, "Nope, I'm not. I'm fine," and and all the, and back and forth, and then lo and behold, he's out. Um, yeah. It just sometimes guys don't like what's put out there about them, and so they'll they'll push back, and that's just kind of the way that it goes. But the reporter isn't just making this up. Isn't no. just saying this out of nowhere. Well, uh, maybe. No, hopefully not. Unless they're a certain sideline reporter uh, who is. Oh gosh. Now, yeah. What a I didn't. Even, I saw the headline on that, but didn't dig into the story. What the heck happened there? So Carissa Thompson was on a podcast. I don't remember which one. She told a story about how early in her career, uh, if she couldn't catch the coach uh, going in or coming out of the locker room, uh -huh. or if they just refused to talk, she would sometimes make up the sideline report. Now she said it later, she said after it's, um, you know, it, it was a, uh, how do I put this? It was, she, she, Put out an Instagram statement, I think, basically saying I never attributed those things to the coaches when I said, mm -hmm. um, you know, things like, oh, we need to do, they need to do better on third down. They need to bring more pressure on the passer, mm -hmm. whatever it was. She's like, I'd look at the game trends and know what the coaches were going to say, which is fair because they yeah. say pretty much the same thing, right? In any one of those, like it's, you know, every NBA one is we need to rebound better. We need to run the floor. We need yeah. to, you know, take care of the ball. That's and, that's stuff you know, and I would put on yeah. social media at halftime, right? Yeah. Like, you, they're useless. These in-game coach interviews are just a waste of time. Right. But um, so she said I would make it up. And then that sparked a whole day's worth of like, whoa, wait a minute. Now she's saying, well, this was, you know, 
I was telling a story from years ago and, you know, I would never actually make it up and say the coach said these things. Right. And now it's a whole bunch of like, wait, are you lying now? Or are you lying about lying before? And it's just very, very messy. I could, I could see where I would, would make it up where I'm trying, what I'm trying to convey is I'm improvising on the fly because I didn't get a comment. So I'm providing my own analysis. Like I, Oh, I didn't get a coach. So I just made up something real quick and, and went, you know, with that, and then that can be taken as I made up like a fake quote yeah. or, I, or a, something that I said was coming from the coach. It was just dumb. It's that's okay. <laughs> it's, anyway. Anyway, moving on. Moving on. Ro Roberto said, what NBA city would you guys recommend to go see a game? I'm a Lakers fan trying to see my first game outside of LA, Boston. So I actually have somebody who was on our show last night. We did a, uh, channel membership uh, live show for for Lakers Nation who is seeing uh, a Lakers game in Boston. Uh, I have not done that before. I haven't I have never been to Boston. So um, I don't know, like, what, what do you think is the best city to see an NBA game? I can say the Golden State Warriors arena, uh, the Chase Center is is pretty impressive. Yeah. If you get a chance to check that one out, that one that one blew me away. It's impressive when they're playing well, too. It's a great crowd. Um, they really get kind of rolling in there uh, with that. I think, you know, you could go to Boston. You can feel safe in wearing your, you know, Lakers colors in Boston too. No one's going to be like a huge jerk to you unless you, you, it, it kind of, if you don't start stuff, there won't be stuff kind of there. You're going to get some good natured, you know, ribbing, like people are going to kind of get on you. So I've probably told this story before. I'm not a Red Sox fan, despite growing up in Boston. My favorite team is actually the Yankees. Um, I I was my family weren't big baseball fans. First game I ever went to was Yankees Red Sox, and mm -hmm. Don Mattingly gave me a ball, and he became my hero. I was six, and it was like this guy's amazing. He played for the Yankees, so they became my team. I have sat everywhere possible in Fenway Park for um, Yankees Red Sox games, and I've never had a problem beyond people, you know yelling at me but never in a place where i felt unsafe or anything like that i'm also i don't stand up and give a bunch of crap to a bunch of people <laughs> either it's not not in my nature to do that so uh so they think you'd be fine um yeah hey, boston is a great place to see a game it's a, it's always a good crowd i mean it's celtics lakers too like if you yeah. want to see you know a game there you know yeah that that's one of the games to see so if you can pull it off absolutely pull, pull it off i think uh you know that would be a great place to go for sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, and it's a great city too. I mean, I assume you're not going to fly in, go to the game and fly home immediately, spend some time in the city. It's really cool. If you like history at all, there's nowhere better to be. I, you know, my opinion for you know what started a lot of the, the, the founding of our country, a lot of it started in Boston. It's, it's a very, very small city. It's extremely walkable. Uh, to go there. It's just, there's a lot packed into a very tight uh, area there. And it's, it's a, there's places you shouldn't go like every major city, you know, at night by yourself. And, you know, but that's, I don't know a major city that doesn't have an area like that, but for the most part, I think it's, I think it's fair, fairly safe too. So yeah, I would, uh, I, I, I recommend, you know, checking out Boston if you've never been. And uh, I can say in uh, Memphis, they've got bourbon street, literally right outside the arena. So you can walk out of the arena and walk down bourbon street and, uh, yeah. Have yourself a good time. New Orleans um, Arena is super close yep. to, you know, right, right to, you know, um, uh, you know, all the famous areas of New Orleans as well. And the New Orleans food scene 
it's hard to beat it in the United States uh, of anyway. Chicago's Chinese. super cool too. Chicago's just a super cool city uh, to go to anyway. In New York, it, you know, I highly recommend if you have a chance, go see a game at Madison Garden, oh, Madison yeah. Square Garden at some point. It's it's just unbelievable. It's it's like a it's like an experience where just it's different than a lot of other places, and it's really cool. All right. Uh, this uh, my imposter says you don't know how excited I get after I brought up Trevor always gives the reevaluation speech, and I started saying I know I always say this, but <laughs> felt like part of Lakers Nation. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a point because we we get we you and I both hear it, Keith. We get yep. the people asking us. What the heck? The guy's supposed to be back in two weeks. It's been two weeks. Where is he? That was reevaluated in two weeks. It's two, it's two different things. <laughs> two different things. Uh, Darren said, watching Jeremy Sohan play point for the Spurs has been a disaster. What are, what are your opinion? And do you all think the Spurs are still tanking? Huh. Yeah. The To the latter part, no. Um, not right now. I think this was their way to get their best five players that they think are their best five guys mm-hmm. on the floor together at the same time. And it was a chance to, I think it's the Spurs owning, we're not going to be very good this year. Like we're not going to be a playoff contending team. So let's find out, does this work? Now to that point, the Jeremy Sohan point guard experiment has been, as he said, a disaster. It's a complete mess. The Spurs offense is terrible. Um, And a big part of it is it, they're much, much better with Trey Jones on the floor. And now it is starting to have a spillover effect to Victor Wembanyama is not getting touches in the right places. There's times when he's being missed when he's wide open. Uh, Devin Vassell is getting missed when he comes off plays. And Jeremy Sohan himself has come out and said, um, I'll clean it up here, but I hate this crap. Like he, he doesn't like uh, this. Mm-hmm. So I think that is a, um, uh, you know, spot where it is. How do I put it? It's just messy um, with, with this. So yeah, I, I, it's, it's time to go away from it. I would probably consider putting Sohan or maybe Keldon Johnson. If they think he's the guy, put one of the two of them on the bench, play Trey Jones or get a better upgrade in there at point guard and, um, you know, play the other guy, whoever goes to the bench, still going to get 30 minutes a night off the bench because they can play a bunch of different positions. But you got to start doing what's right for the entire team versus trying to experiment with, can this one guy handle this role? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But uh, like you said, now is the time to find that stuff out because they're not, they're not, super worried about you know winning or losing or anything like that so i like are they actually tanking kind of i mean they're winning is not their main priority but are they actively taking like are they trying to make themselves worse to lose games i don't think so they're just they're in fact finding mode right now they're just trying to figure out what it is they have what they don't have and then i would expect them to make some steps forward you know maybe at the trade deadline most likely in the summer though they'll, they'll try to make some steps forward and probably have some pretty solid draft capital over the summer too to help give them that that boost yeah i mean they're they're certainly not going to be pushing but if they were tanking they'd be sitting guys out more often than that they don't have a single player that's you know prone to the resting policy and those kind of things they 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 don't have any all-stars on that team right now so they're they're clean from that perspective and victor Wembanyama, it doesn't matter if he makes 65 games because that's not a qualifier to win Mm -hmm. rookie of the year that's not like some of the other uh postseason awards so 
but they're going to play him. They're going to play the other guys. It's just, yeah, maybe it's a stealth tank move a little bit, but it's yeah. also too early. Nobody really starts full-blown tanking until you get into December. There's just moves that are designed around experimentation. And if we win, it's a happy accident. If we lose, we don't really care. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's just it. They, they're not worried necessarily about winning or losing games right now. They're just not. Uh, you know, Keith, I want to get your thoughts on Steve Kerr coming out and saying, yeah, Draymond deserved to get a five-game suspension. Like, he knows it's a bad look. He was wrong. All of that. Rather, Typically, you see coaches come out in support of their players. Kerr just kind of came out and said, yeah, Draymond messed up. What do you think about Kerr being so, like, just forthright about all this? I think there's two things. I think in the immediate aftermath, he was singing a bit of a different tune, and I wonder if he hadn't seen all the video right. and the angles and those kind of things. And that's, that's fine. It's, you know, these coaches sometimes speak within 10 minutes of a game ending yeah. to the media. So it's hard to expect that they've seen everything at that point. So I think that's part of it. I also think it wouldn't be surprising if there was a little bit of whether it was internal or it came from the league itself of, Hey, uh, take a look yourself, like, and now see what you think. Right. And now he's right, right? He, he's he's certainly not going to go to uh, Rudy Gobert's level and call this guy a clown. But I do think right. he's correct in that, yeah, Draymond was wrong. Uh, this was bad stuff by him, and we need to, uh, you know, move and, uh, you know, he needed to be punished and punished where, where he was. So I, I get it. I also think this is Steve Kerr kind of saying, like, yeah, you know, it was harsh, but, you know, he he deserved it versus, oh, this is a way to be like, oh, wait, I think this punishment was fair for this versus the idea of, um, you know, coming out and all these people were being like, you should have got 10 games, 20 games, mm -hmm. 30 games, whatever it was. So I think this is him just being a little bit more, hey, let me balance here in the middle. Yeah, yeah, that, and that's that makes sense. It's, a, I think, it's a... It's a wise approach here, but again, it was noticeable that, and like you said, after the game, there it was a little bit of a different story. But even the view right from the sideline there can be different than what you're going to get when you're looking at five different camera angles of of the same thing. So, um, it's like a car crash, right? Like they always say, you get a car crash, you get ten eyewitnesses, you're going to get ten different stories. Yeah. Now they might all, in the end, say this is what happened. They might all reach the same conclusion of Draymond Green choked out Rudy Gobert, but they're going to have 10 different reasons why he did that and the way he did that. Just heads up, our dogs are going to go bananas because the Amazon guy's walking to the front door. No way. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I, I yeah. literally just heard the truck pull up at my house, too. <laughs> they are, we're, we are even coordinated with yeah. our Amazon Perfect. deliveries, Keith. Hopefully he doesn't <laughs> ring the doorbell. Let's see. He doesn't think he's going to. Uh-oh. There they go. They heard him out there. They heard him. They're like, oh, <laughs> we must protect the house. Yep. And it's that time of year where there's going to be, a, if I know my wife and daughter, there's going to be an Amazon delivery pretty much like every yes. other day because it's like, oh, we needed this for Christmas and we needed this for Christmas. And then the <laughs> next thing you know, I'm like, all right, well, that's seven more freelance articles for me because somebody's going to pay for all these Christmas presents. My, my wife warned me today. She said, just so you know. <laughs> Like all the things are coming today. I said, what do you mean? She said, all the things are coming <laughs> today. I'm like, okay, so a few packages are arriving. All right. When I, I get there, just so you that. know, I know it costs oh, us some money. Yeah. <laughs> just so you know. Yeah. Just so you know. Okay. Just so you know, don't look at the credit card. Right. Um, 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondering. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Uh, what do you think about the Kings? I've got a few people asking about the Kings. Kings going to make the second round. Uh, got to make it the second round at least, in my opinion. People saying the Kings look good. They shot the hell out of the ball against the Lakers the other night. Kevin Herter went insane. I mean, he was coming off a screen, just turn and just throw the ball, and it was just nothing but net. It was crazy. Um, they were they looked they looked fantastic. So yeah, I mean, they're one of the top teams in the West and. That was kind of what we thought coming into the season. They were going to be there. One of those teams that's in that mix. That's the you know blender of a Western conference. Yeah. I think when they have everybody and their whole, they're the best offense in basketball. Um, it's kind of hard to argue with that. Yeah. I know the Pacers are doing crazy things right now. Denver's really good. Boston is really good, but I, I mean, the Kings are really, really tough and they, they know who they are too they they know all right we're gonna come in we're gonna run a lot of the two-man game with fox and sabonis but now keegan murray is stepping into more than just being a spot-up shooter or a cutter um he's starting to say hey you could throw it to me late in the clock and i'll create something myself and his defense has been really really good he's starting to step up and take on more of those uh, bigger assignments against the um the you know bigger wings and, and even some guards he's stepping up and defending those guys sneaky Oof. thing to watch um davian mitchell is out of the rotation entirely in sacramento hasn't played in their last few games and it's not injury related it's uh my uh, uh mike brown said i'm putting him on the bench um you know we we feel like we've got other guys we want to run with so that it becomes a uh kind of thing to watch as well uh down the line because clearly 
He's never going to be more than a high-end backup for them at the very uh, highest point because of the presence of De'Aaron Fox. Mm-hmm. So that could turn him into a trade chip. And there are teams that could use use a guy like Davion Mitchell. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So they could be another team to try to make. You know, there's going to be a lot of teams that I think will be motivated by the trade deadline to try to add a little something to get themselves over the top. And I think the Kings are one of those teams. Um, Keith, we had a little breaking news here. And it's not NBA, but uh, but NFL. Joe Burrow done for the season. Oh, yeah, season I saw ending. Up. Man, I don't know if you saw him try to throw a ball last night. That was uh, yeah. that was scary. He actually threw a touchdown on the pass that he got hurt on. Uh, threw a touchdown to Joe Mixon, and now he's out for the season. Man, that they haven't been good, right? Am I correct? They on were that? getting better. They were on the upswing. They were they were getting because Burrow hurt his calf to begin the season, and then uh, and he was awful. And then it looked like they started to look like themselves again. And now that's all gone. And that means Joe Mixon. That means Jamar Chase. That means T. Higgins. That means all the Bengals are going to take a hit here. Somebody asked uh, which football teams we support. And I don't know if that was a uh, like NFL football question or if that was a like football, like like soccer uh-huh. question. But if you know, re-ask it and let us know which one you're asking about, we'll We'll answer that here before we wrap up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Uh, somebody else asked uh, where I, I just saw it and I lost it. Um, oh, do we like Star Wars? I don't know where you stand on Star Wars. I'm kind of like lukewarm on it. Like I, there's so much, I'm very much behind in it. I haven't really watched, like I haven't watched Mandalorian. I haven't watched any of that kind of stuff, but I'm having a hard time keeping up with anything right now. Like anything that's not that's not NBA. I have a tough because realistically, like my wife's not gonna watch Star Wars. She's not gonna watch the the like Loki or anything like that. She doesn't watch any of that stuff. And so I'm I gotta wait for her to go to bed basically to watch that stuff. But I'm usually at that point of the night, I'm so busy editing or recording that I don't it's either do I want an extra hour of sleep? Or or do I want to stay up and watch this show? And I can't turn the volume on super loud anyway. So if it's something I really have to pay attention to, it's tough. So I'm not. Um, I, I am behind on a lot of stuff, and Star Wars has just been buried on the list of things that I just can't seem to find time to watch any of these things right now. Yeah, there's some some stuff out there. People are throwing. Uh, Victor said Andor is the best show on Disney Plus, hands down. Yeah, he might be right. Andor is really really good. It's a uh, uh, gritty Star Wars, I would call it, uh, where it's mm. you know just uh, you know it's it's a little more real than than others. There's real as you know, like, thing well, about, as lightsabers and lightsaber battles and can the go, force and all that. Uh, yeah, there were some fun storylines in that that t- ties in. I like Star Wars. I'm I'm in the middle. I did not watch. I just finished the Clone Wars. Um, mm. I was not somebody watched the animated shows. It just hit at a weird time for me where I wasn't into that stuff, and um, it's really good. Like it's some of the best stuff I've seen. So I'm, I'm uh, ca- you know, catching up to some other things. I have, I saw only a little bit of Star Wars Rebels, so I'll watch a little bit of that. But yeah, it's 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 Star. I, I enjoy Star Wars. I you know I like it. It's I don't. I'm way more into the Marvel stuff, but yeah, I you know I I'll watch some Star Wars. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely more into into Marvel certainly, but um, yeah getting to i was just thinking about that i'm like man i don't have a chance to watch anything right now yeah it's, it just hasn't been happening yeah this time of year everything gets put to the side and yeah then like i said as, as excited as i am about 
um, college basketball played in season tournaments, which means like day games, like all week, this week and next mm -hmm. um, with the Thanksgiving tournaments that happen that just choose into that time as well. But I really don't spend a lot of time watching things that are non basketball at this point. Cause there's just, there's too much to catch up on. And I try to catch up on when I can. And I find myself now gravitating towards if I'm behind on things, I'll start pulling college clips to see some of the draft prospects guys. I'll get into the G league stuff. Mm -hmm. Like I, today I had a, had some extra time uh, this morning because there was only two games last night. So I watched a bunch of the G league ignite stuff that I hadn't seen uh, so far this year, just to get a sense of where some of their kids are at um, that are draft prospects. So it's been, been different. Uh, yes. Clone Wars gets better after season one. Mm. It, it really does. It's, it's really, really good after season one. Good to know. Good to know. Uh, this one said, uh, hey, fellas, thoughts on my nets. I think this offseason we might pivot off of Mikael Bridges if I can get a trade around a young up-and-coming player. I, isn't Bridges supposed to be a young up-and-coming yeah. player? That's what I would think he is. Uh, and thanks for checking in, Your Majesty. Yeah, that's we right. appreciate you uh, joining us here, uh, taking some time out of your day. We know we're big in England uh, there, and you know, you got, got a little bit of time. It's what, like eight o'clock at night over there? Nine, yeah, something like something that. Like that. So, yeah. Uh, I don't think pivoting off bridges is the right move. I think he's a guy you build around yeah. uh, versus used to rebuild You know, after. I do think it's very interesting. So I made a comment today after watching Nets Heat, and all I said was, Mikhail Bridges is the Nets' best player. Is Nick Claxton the second best player? Mm -hmm. And a lot of Nets fans replied with Cam Thomas is our best player, Ooh. which seems way out of bounds for me. Cam Thomas has had good runs last year and a great start to the season before getting hurt, but better than Mikhail Bridges. Eh, that's, you know, if you want to argue he's the second best player, all right, I'm not going to fight you too much on that, but better than Mikhail Bridges. That seems you know like a bridge too far. He's better as a, just a scorer, I guess, but I, and, and Bridges has not shot the ball well from deep this season. So that's, you know, sure. part of the equation, but still, yeah. I mean, Cam Thomas is more a uh, pure scorer than, than anything else. Like it doesn't do a lot else right now, right? which is fine. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't think I would go that far. I, and I like, I like Mikel Bridges. And I think, look, if, if they decide to go that route, let's say the Nets say, you know what? Yeah. He's not our guy. Let's let's move on. Let's let's move him. Let's do the, I don't know, the 76ers, the Michael Carter Williams. We've got a good <laughs> young player, and let's but let's move move on from him. Um, what uh, what do you think they get in return? Because I imagine there'll be a lot of teams knocking on that door. Yeah, I mean, you're talking. Did he would get a good young player? I would imagine it's hard to get much younger than Mikael Bridges, but somebody who's probably still on a rookie scale contract that you can build or maybe just, just extended in the last year or so. And then I would want a couple draft picks if I was the Nets, but I, I don't know. I, I would keep bridges. I think he's on a very good contract. I think you're in a place where he's a guy you build around versus kind of coming over to. Yeah. I mean, he's not old guys. He's like in his like mid to late twenties. Like he's still fine. He's probably pre prime by another year or so. So I'm, I don't know. I'm just not going to move off Mikael Bridges unless it's a, a really nice package. But yeah, I mean, I get it where, where the thought process comes from is maybe it is time to look a little bit different and do, do something kind of different if we wanted to build up a different way. Right? So I, I guess, I guess for me, I, this time of year, I'm asking the question a lot. What's real? 
what's what's sure. real and what's not. So, for example, I don't you know, I don't know that Cam Thomas is ever like a thirty point per game score. Maybe he will be, but is Mikel Bridges a twenty nine percent three point shooter? I feel pretty confident saying he's not. That's not what he. That's not real. He's going to be. Ultimately, when when the dust settles, he's going to be better than that. So right now, I look at his offensive production and think, well, there's there's some added efficiency that's probably coming here when we just see regression hit his three-point shooting. And then on the flip side, defensively, there's a big difference when Mikhail Bridges is on the floor compared to Cam Thomas. According to Cleaning the Glass here, with, uh, with Bridges on the floor, just to make sure that Bridges is, is one of the guys on the floor, the Nets rank in the 61st percentile defensively, which is okay, right? That, that's not bad. With Cam Thomas, 37th percentile defensively. Yeah. Like there's yeah. a big gap between those two guys. And sometimes I think we put too much value on offensive production and just who's hitting and who's taking and making difficult shots. And I think that comes into play if you're trying to make the argument that Cam Thomas is more valuable or better than, than Mikel Bridges. Yeah, our buddy Danny Rue calls it yay points. Like yeah. that's that's where what he calls it. And it's it's I mean, and and I have long argued against people who are uh completely out on the guys who are pure scorers, and that's what they do. Uh, because there is still a place for that in the league. I just yeah, I, I'm not told Cam Thomas is going to be contending for the scoring title uh on on anything that is a functionally good team. He may do that on a team that is bad and you know not winning games because he can certainly put up points so yeah we'll we'll, we'll see but I, I don't know i don't think it's uh too too crazy somebody said josh giddy on draft picks yeah. Yeah, maybe um giddy and some picks you know, yeah i could see it would have to be more just from the matching salary standpoint but yeah i mean i could see something like that maybe being away and i'd be all right with that uh um with um uh, him as as part of the mix there with that OKC group, Give him a little bit more. I know Giddy's Giddy may actually be taller than uh, uh, Mikael Bridges, but Mikael Bridges plays bigger. I uh, just can defend yeah. bigger players, so you know, a little little more size. Him and Jalen Williams together on the wing—that's that's pretty tough. Yeah, absolutely. I think that would that be Thunder team. Man, they're good. They, they are good. Like, SGA last night shot like crap and still completely dominated the game. Once you get to that point, that's superstar. Like you're, you're a superstar. Like when you can have a absolutely terrible shooting game and still dominate and control everything that happens on the floor, you're there. You know, man, he, he is just really, really special player. He's so like, good. And, yeah. He's so good. Yeah. Did, did you see the story about his house? Mm-mm. So there's a story that's been going around about, um, about SGA's house. He bought a house in Toronto and has had to leave that house. Uh, and it was funny that the headline said something like SGA, you know, can't is scared off of home or something. I, I don't, I'm paraphrasing. I don't remember the exact wording, but it made it almost sound like his house is haunted or something like that. Like the wording <laughs> did. Uh, it turned out he, he bought a house and it turned out the previous owner or tenant or whatever the situation was, uh, was somebody who was, was one of those like crypto guys. And scammed a bunch of people out of money. And so now people are showing up at SGA's house looking for this guy. And he's just like, man, I don't I don't feel safe. And so they left. They left until they can get this all all settled. I'm like, okay, it would have been way cooler if it was like some ghost story or something like that. But uh, the but ghost no, from the, the haunted hotel in Oklahoma City, the uh, the the, the Skirvin. Have you heard that? Story? I have not. 
so there's a hotel in downtown Oklahoma City. It's called the Skirvin Hotel, and it's reported to be haunted. Uh-huh. And it is um, there's I, I, I might have this wrong, but I think Baxter Holmes did a whole story on it for ESPN. This has to be five, six, seven years ago. Um, and if you look it up, and there are NBA teams that will no longer stay there because players on those teams are like weird stuff was going on in my room. And somebody was took the covers off my feet and was touching me. Um, like I saw something root doors were opening on their own, like crazy stuff. And there's a bunch of NBA teams that will not stay in this hotel anymore. It's like one of the, I'm, I'm looking at, at pictures of the hotel right now. It is a little spooky looking. Yeah. Yeah. The scurvin. It, yep. Yeah. It's a, it's definitely a, a thing. Like it's, it's, it's out it, there. It's got a little bit of like a Tower of Terror vibe to it. It does a little bit, yeah. Wow. Yeah, okay. I mean, check it out. Find the NBA story because it was really interesting. There was a handful of players like on the record. We're like, yeah, weird stuff happens in that hotel. I will not stay there. Well, now I kind of want to. Uh, I want to go cover a game in OKC and <laughs> uh, and stay there and check it out. We'll do we'll do a live stream from there and see if any there creepy stuff happens behind us. Yeah, perfect. That is a um. It's a. That's another cool place to see a game because it's probably the NBA's closest equivalent to like a college crowd. Yeah. Um, they stand until they score. Um, that they're they're just they're they're pretty loud and they they get going. And now that the team's playing playing well again, like that, that's a cool place to to go see a game. Also, so yeah, uh, another good one just to uh, just to bring it uh, full circle there. Yeah. All right. Sean sleepy emoji. <laughs> Poor Sean's never gonna live that down. Sean sleeping. Where are you seeing that? Uh, J. J. Joe said it. I assume that's picking on Sean Davis. Yeah, falling asleep in Las Vegas. Oh, that's funny. I can't see it. Um, he missed a good meal too. He did. He <laughs> did. So it was. We did a members only show last night for for channel members for Lakers Nation, and and Sean showed up like 15 minutes late, and clearly had been had been sleeping, and so so they everybody got to spam that that emoji, and it was, <laughs> somebody's uh, gonna get Sean a uh, alarm clock for Christmas. I think he's he's coming. He just you know he he sleeps through things, and so we go. He sleeps through team <laughs> dinners. He sleep he slept through our fantasy football draft for the for the company. You know, he he likes his naps. He likes his name. Uh, Dan Leslie, this is probably a good one to finish on. It just came in. Did you see it? Yeah. Okay. Said, if you guys had to swap teams for a season, which iteration of the Lakers Celtics would you choose to watch? I'd watch me some Larry Bird. Oh, that's a good question. All right. I can answer mine while you think about it. A hundred percent. The showtime Lakers yeah. with magic. Like it was, even though that was the biggest rivalry of my life as a kid growing up, it was hard not to appreciate how fun that team was. Like they just, they, they played just differently from the way Boston played mm-hmm. where it was, you know, and it was weird too. Cause if you look at it, they both ran and fast braked and played at a very similar pace. It just felt like the Lakers playing that way. And I'll be honest. I had like, as a kid, like the high dribble, like magic had, mm-hmm. um, which is funny. Cause I don't know if you've heard, he talked about it once when he was still doing TV regularly. He was like, I'd never get away with that. Now they just steal the ball from me. He was like, he's like, I would have had to have learned to become a better dribbler, but I, um, yeah, that would have been it for me. Like that, that's a pretty easy choice just to watch him play every, every day, night in, night out. And that was, there was no league pass. So it was like, I only caught the Lakers when they played the Celtics or they played on national TV, which, thankfully was quite a bit 
my my snarky answer if i had to watch a Celtics season it would be the 2010 celtics uh, but but no i i think i would pick the same right instead of you know the the showtime era i would watch you know some of those celtics teams with you know especially like obviously larry bird is great and we're all, and we're always going to go to him initially but i would have so much fun watching kevin McHale yeah. and, and the footwork the post moves all the all that sort of stuff um that would be that era celtics would be would be a lot of fun to watch yeah, I threw it out there too, just because we were talking about it with some of the guys I used to work with at Celtics blog, who our favorite Celtics were not the best Celtics, but like mm-hmm. guys you liked the most. And and we we were like, all right, let's limit this to people we actually watched. And I was just like, yeah, I was, um, you know, we, we were you know going through, and I said, you know, yeah, it's, you know, for me, it's Bird because that's who I grew up on. I really loved KG. I love Tatum. Like he's just to me night in night out, and and there's an attachment there because I've watched every game he's ever played in the NBA from rookie year to now. So there's some of that. Um, a lot of people when I threw it out to Twitter though, a lot of people which really made me feel good mentioned Reggie Lewis. Mm. Um, and there is a for anybody in the chat because I know a lot of these people are probably too young to have seen Reggie Lewis play. Google Reggie Lewis blocks Michael Jordan. You're gonna get a YouTube uh, channel, a uh, YouTube video that comes up. He blocked Michael Jordan four times in the same game. Like blocked like MJ's jump shot four times. MJ's signature turnaround, he got to it uh, in that game. So just really, really cool um, with, with that. So, oh yeah, here it is. They've got uh, they've got James Worthy talking about it. Oh yeah, there. Yeah. There's a, he's got. Uh, if this was the wingspan era, yeah, like Reggie Lewis's wingspan Lewis is, is ridiculous. Awesome. Yeah, he was so good in. It honestly, him passing and Len Bias passing, like that's like killed everything. You know, Red Auerbach talked about it. He had lined up for two years to be able to try to draft Len Bias. Yeah. And he was like, we 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 were finally gonna have our answer to you know MJ as far as an athlete went in the Eastern Conference. And Bird has talked about where he's like, I probably could have played two or three more years because I would have I wouldn't have had to play 35, 40 minutes a night. Right. It would add Len Bias and then Reggie, you know, passing a few years later. It was just rough. I mean, that was that was rough. And yeah, I, I wrote about it. I wrote an article on Celtics blog. We run it every year um on the, the anniversary of Reggie passing it, which was in the summertime. I um him you know, Len Bias passing, Reggie passing, and then my favorite player of that era that would, for non-Celtics was Drazen Petrovic. Uh-huh. He passed in the same yeah. year as uh, Reggie Lewis. So that was a, a, a way, you know, much younger version of me learned, like, man, like, like death is like a real thing. Like, it's not just something that happens like old grandparents and stuff. So, yeah, it was, uh, you know, a, a time. But, man, that, that Reggie Lewis blocking MJ four times, that video is so great. And there's so yeah. many players who are like, Nobody ever did that. Like no one did it. So that's the one th- I would love to ask Michael Jordan about that. If I ever had a chance to interview, I would be like, what happened? Like, why? <laughs> why, <laughs> like, why, why did happen? this happen? He looks, it's almost a little, the movements and stuff are almost a little Evan Mobley esque. Yeah. Just yeah. in terms of, in terms of how he moves out there and everything. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, uh, football, um, I, I'm a Patriots oh. fan. Grew up. You know, a Patriots fan, always been a Patriots fan, always will be a Patriots fan. Um, they stink, but you know, it's and it's just discouraging because they stink. They'll probably get a really good draft pick and then trade back 38 times and end up with 14 second rounders and third rounders, and it'd be a mess. Uh, the other football, the world's football, I'm a Leeds United fan. 
I became a Leeds fan from the Amazon documentary, which I watched over the pandemic because uh, I was just looking for anything to watch, especially sports-wise, and I hadn't seen it. So I watched uh, that and became a Leeds fan when I was trying to pick a Premier League team or an English football team. And they're down, but they're playing pretty well in the championship. And then it helped that they also then proceeded to sign half of the uh, U.S. US team. Uh, national team, it felt like. But, yeah, but they're they're playing well again. So Pat's never winning the Super Bowl again. Okay. Hey, if they don't, that's fine. I saw him win six. I don't care. <laughs> they won six. They went from the every night they were joke on the late night TV shows because they were so bad for the vast majority of my life. And they won six titles. I'm perfectly content if they don't win again. I'm not going to be upset. They um, they have not been fun to watch this season, but no. you never no. know. You never know. Is, is Belichick safe? Yeah, I think he'd retire before they'd fire him. Yeah, that would be my guess. At least I, I don't think he's going to go anywhere. Could be like a nudge into retirement yeah. yeah i i part of me almost wishes he would just coach and not run everything yeah but that's just never going to be a thing at this point he's never going to see that control so you know it is what it is i you know they they messed with mac jones and if you don't have a quarterback you you you, you get hard to win so yeah hard to win uh for me for for what we call soccer i you know i will watch games that are on if it's if it's premier league uh but in terms of what team am i like a fan of it's mostly the la galaxy i don't have any animosity towards lafc and i'll watch them too if they're on just because i my primary concern is seeing the sport grow in this in this country so um there's that as far as football nfl I, i don't really have a team and that's you know my wife is a big cowboys fan so we'll watch a lot of cowboys games but uh, I grew up in, you know, in Southern California with without the Rams. You know, they they were there when I was a kid, then they left. And so I didn't really have a team that I like attached to at any point. And it's it's honestly kind of nice. I've kind of tried to keep it that way. I know a lot of people are diehards of any particular team and live and die with that team each week and and everything. I do enough of that with the Lakers. So the NFL is kind of my escape for me where I can put on any game at any time and whoever wins wins and I can just enjoy the game. So, um, so yeah, I don't really have a particular NFL team. I, I root for who my fantasy players are are playing for, and that's. <laughs> I was going to say your it. favorite team's your fantasy team. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> that's that's the way I am with uh, with the NFL, and uh, and my fantasy team took some hits last night with uh, Mark Andrews and Joe Burrow on the same night, and uh, and I am I am hurting. So yeah, it's that. I told you, man. That's why I gave that up. There's there's one fun fun day in fantasy football, and it's the draft. After that, it's oh, just misery. The draft is so much fun. It's it's misery or relief. There, there's no joy. It's you're either relieved you played the right guys, or you're miserable that you didn't. That's so, right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> let's uh, let's call it a day there. I do appreciate everybody joining us here for Front Office Friday. I hope everyone has a fantastic weekend. Watch some NBA basketball tonight. Watch the tournament. Going to be a lot of fun. And if you haven't done so already, make sure you subscribe to the NBA Front Office YouTube channel. Hit that like button as well for us. And, of course, give us that five-star rating review over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. It's a great way to help out the show. All right, everybody. Till next time. See ya. And stay safe. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. 
Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.